Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. We are in season seven. How is that even possible? (sighs) We are like, in the scope of the entirety of the show, we're already partway down the downhill slope to the finish line. I know. That's insane. I mean, we'll we'll still be here for a while, but man, well... It is the beginning of another month, uh, so that means life updates. So what do you got for us, Alon? You've got a good one. Yeah. Um, so I think I had mentioned a while back that I was interviewing for a job because um, mm-hmm. I wasn't really happy with my current job and I wanted something remote. And I am happily reporting that I not only accepted the position, but just had my first day today, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to work from home now, which is a weird adjustment. I mean, I've, I've worked like hybrid, like when COVID hit, like we had like a weird hybrid situation, um, like remote slash hybrid. So it's not like I've never worked from home, but like this is the first time I've had a fully remote job, like start to finish type thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's weird. I mean, when I left my last job, last week um it was just weird like walking out of the office and like knowing that you know everything I get here in like a physical space like I don't have in my own personal space and like I have to set all that up I have to you know like get all the supplies and all that stuff and just like thinking through like what do I need for my job and like you know I've never had to think about like buying my own office chair or is my desk big enough to work which I've found out it's not um (laughs) So just those little things. Um, but it's it's an, it's weird also. I mean, today was just orientation. Um, all week is orientation, as are most first weeks. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully I can travel a little bit more with this job. Um, don't have those answers quite yet, like how that's going to look, because I won't know really what my job entails until, like, end of next week. So, um more to come on that but yeah other than that I don't have a whole lot of changes I feel like that's a big enough change um I feel like all weekend I was stressing about the dumbest things uh (laughs) and just like getting set up and then like you start on day one and you're like why was I stressing about any of that but um yeah yep what about you that's really exciting um nothing I don't think I just spent a bunch of money on books that I didn't need um but wanted and then I also got the final well the bills are slowly starting to come in from my surgery and my emergency room visits Mm. so far I'm at 4200 of what I still owe which is a big old bummer <laughs> yeah it's a big amount uh when at one point you were debt free and now you kind of have to sink back into it it's kind of a bummer so I'm obviously going to set up payment plans it just feels like a little defeating so kind of bummed um 
But on the upside, I did get a confirmation from my sister that my nephew and my niece are coming for a week um, this month to spend a quote-unquote summer camp with their aunt. And I am so excited. They're going to be here for almost a week. I have so many activities planned, so many fun things. This is the first time that they'll come and visit me, and I have dreamed about this for forever, so I'm very excited and in the planning stages. I have already printed invites for them that I'm going to give to them in person this coming weekend when I'm with them. I created a what to pack list so that mom didn't have to do all the mental load for that, and I'm just very excited, so I'm very much looking forward to that. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. So the next time we do a monthly update, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys the real update on how it went, what we did, things like that. It'll be super fun. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode recap for season seven. Yeah. So this week we started season seven, episode one with the one with Monica's thunder. This teleplay is by... David Crane and Marta Kaufman, story by Will Cohen, or Will Calhoun, sorry, and directed by Kevin S. Bright. Minutes after Chandler proposes to Monica, she plans to celebrate on the town with her pals until she catches Ross and Rachel kissing. Oof, yikes. All right, so this soft open, um, this season picks up immediately after season six's conclusion. Um, except for there's the glaringly obvious Matthew Perry, who has lost like 30 pounds. Okay, can um, I just say, there's quite a few things that have ex- transpired here. Uh, so, yeah. Are you talking about all the candles that just miraculously disappeared? Okay, no. Um, oh. So, yes, Matthew Perry is like the biggest thing. Like, he he's well, lost a lot of weight. <laughs> Wait. Nice. (laughs) The biggest change is Matthew Perry's weight loss. Um, But also, Rachel's hair is noticeably shorter because she no longer has to wear the extensions. And this isn't really, like, known per se, but, like, I I absolutely hate Phoebe's hair in this episode. Um, Mm. But fun fact, it's the last one she wears a wig in. So we don't have to see it after this. Okay, that's great. Love that. Is it bad to say that Matthew Perry looked really fabulous in this episode? <laughs> no, because I think he did too. Like it feels like more like early season or early um, series Chandler. But yeah. now we know that due to his book, which we reviewed a few months ago that you can listen to, that he was his skinniest uh, when he was on drugs and he was like thicker when he was drinking heavily. So obviously he did a swing in the opposite direction between seasons six and seven. He must have stopped like drinking, but more than likely got well, back this on is drugs. Where, so wasn't it between the two seasons where he had pancreatic surgery or something? And that's yeah, what maybe. actually made him lose the weight. Yeah. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. Yeah, man, poor guy. Um but here's my thing. It has to be, like, the next day or something because all of a sudden all the candles are nowhere to be seen. Like, they're, they're, they're nowhere. There's no remnant of them. 
And then I feel like people are in different outfits too. Like the only one that I remember being in that outfit was Chandler. Am I wrong? Monica's was the same. Monica's was the same. So yeah. they're um, they're pretending like it's the same night and that like what after they slow danced. Okay, but here's the thing. All the friends came over. Here's the thing. I I made a comment later cuz I guess I didn't notice in this in the soft open, but later you do see the candles. You do? Yeah, they're I mean, I don't see them in the kitchen like they were, but they're on like where the TV is, they're on the entertainment center, they're on the side table and there's a few on the coffee table. So I made a note that, oh, like at least continuity wise, they kept the candles. So it's funny that you're saying you didn't see them. I didn't see them anywhere. I mean, like they were all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it was practically a fire hazard in the last episode with it so was. many candles. They had to have had like a safety meeting because of how many lit flames there were. And yet in this scene, I could not really see anything. Interesting. Candle wise. So um, so the continuity to me seems a little bit off. Also, like after you're slow dancing, like are you gonna then open the door and invite the friends in? Was the slow was the soft or the the tag in the last season closeouts just supposed to be like a nice thing but not for continuity? Because like technically the friends came in after and just said that like, oh Ross bummer. It just it it's a little messy for me. I wish they would have cleaned it up, especially because it was like a direct continuity. Yeah. Like the net, it was we came right from that last episode. So, but Ross comes over because someone had left a note on his door to come over, bring champagne and a candy bar for Joey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Chandler tells him the good news. And when Ross inquires after where Monica is, we find her on the balcony shouting into the streets that she's engaged. And then she's also, like, egging on a naysayer and offering up Chandler to beat him up. And they all agree it's time that she comes inside. <laughs> they also were like, we're surprised that you didn't hear her. She was shouting, like, right. so loudly. And he was like, I thought someone was saying, I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Selective hearing. Which it kind of sounds, I mean, like, I'm engaged. I'm engaged. Like, if you're not really paying attention and it's not close enough to the street, I could totally see how he got that. Or she, like, like when you say the word engaged, like, when you're really excited, like, the gauged comes out pretty strongly. But, That's like, the I'm saying doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I can absolutely see how you could, like, misconstrue that. So, in the main part of the episode, we're still in the... We're going to be, like... It, it kind of feels like this is supposed to be the entire night of their... Yeah engagement that it's just the night that never ends literally that's what this episode is it's the one where the night never ends this is the night Some that never ends. <laughs> yeah. somehow we have landed ourselves here so monica gives a toast to her friends about her sorry their special night lol before <laughs> suggesting that the group go out to have champagne at the plaza so dreamy oh my gosh mm-hmm Joey mentions that he can't stay late, though, because he does need to look good for his audition as a 19-year-old, which the group is very skeptical about. So we follow Monica and Chandler into their room. Everyone has kind of split to go get ready to go to the plaza. And Monica is admiring her ring while they're supposed to be getting ready to go out. But Chandler has something else on his mind and seduces Monica with wedding talk. That does it for her. She is ready to go. However, the rendezvous doesn't 
quite go as planned and Chandler is very embarrassed and it's not a great start to celebrating their engagement for Chandler or Monica really no um one quick thing I think this is like right before that this is where it happens when Joey mentions that he's you know auditioning for a part of a 19 year old Chandler makes a joke about um about like when like when do you need to go back to like 1986 uh and it's funny because Matt LeBlanc, who plays Joey, would have actually been 19 in 1986, whereas his character Joey would have only been 17. So it's just funny oh, that, nice. like, I don't know if they intentionally used that that year because they knew he was 19 at that time, or if it was just something they pulled out of thin air. Yeah. that's He makes the joke like, so when you say you need to wake up early, do you mean yeah. 1986 early? <laughs> like... <laughs> Phoebe comes out of the bedroom because Monica has been left in the dust by Chandler, who has left to go sulk over at Joey's. And Phoebe comes out of the room promoting herself to be the wedding band, um, to be their wedding band specifically for their wedding. Um, And yet her opening line is about Chandler being gay, which Monica obviously has some qualms about that there's no way you're going to sing at my wedding if you're going to sing about maybe he's not though I'm pretty sure he's not going to be because we're at the wedding (laughs) so Phoebe's not coming out too strong in her proposal yeah uh, so intended so this is the part where I saw all the candles so if you look at this scene you can see candles like I don't know if there's as many as there were but like you could see them um okay and then when Phoebe's playing her guitar she's kind of got her foot up on the coffee table or like a side table or something and the door behind her to her bedroom is open Mm -hmm. for most of the shots and then all of a sudden it's closed for one shot oh good catch so it was obviously done at different times yeah so we're gonna follow after Chandler um, because like I said he went over to Joey's to sulk and Rachel comes out feeling a little blue herself um but you can tell that she doesn't really want to bring Chandler down um so she's just like, never mind. You can tell she's dressed and ready to go. And she begins to head over to meet up like at Monica's because they're all going to gather back there when she crosses paths with a certain so-and-so in the hallway, a.k.a. Ross. They sort of jokingly congratulate each other like happy Monica's engagement day. And they sort of share their disbelief. It's actually happening. And Ross, I'm so proud of him. He makes a joke at his own expense about getting married. He does. All the time. It was good. I'm so proud of him. It was gold. But Rachel feels, I guess, comfortable enough with Ross to share her disappointment in, like, the unmet expectations of her life timeline and realizing she's not really where she wants to be. And they reminisce, and it gets very innuendo-y very quickly. And, of course, this leads to the conversation about bonus night. Now, she is laying the groundwork here deep because she's sad the only reason she's laying this is because she is sad Uh uh-huh she she doesn't want to feel alone she doesn't want to feel lonely and you can tell and she's laying it on pretty thick so they we kind of leave it at that in the hallway okay but it's very clear what rachel wants yeah um so ross refers to that evening as monica night like happy monica night is what he says um and we've probably had this conversation but when it comes to the engagement do you, like, in your opinion, is it all about the bride or is it about both of them? 
<laughs> Ooh, interesting question, Llewellyn. Interesting question. Because there, I Ross think? is saying like "Happy Monica Night," like implying it's about her. Yeah, I, I definitely. Oh, this is what's really hard. I definitely think it's about them as a couple. I right. mean, it's a mutual engagement that's happening. But there is such like a. Uh, I don't really know how to say it. There's just like a a certain element of she didn't know it was happening. Like some of her friends are probably in the loop. Like I'm talking generally, like in in, in a normal like everyday circumstance too. Of like there's like surprise engagement parties that she didn't know was happening yeah. that he's planned. And, it, and, like, she's the one that wears the engagement ring. Men don't wear engagement rings. It's only the women. So there's, like, this weird, of course it's about both of them. Of course it is. But there's this element of, like, it is a celebration of her, too. I don't know how to answer that, Llewellyn. No, no, what it do you all think? makes were sense. You, were you in disagreement? No, I'm in agreement. It's like you... In, in normal circumstances, in like generally most engagements, the guy engages or proposes to the woman and you know, she doesn't know about it most of the time. So it is all right. this like lead up. And so like the guy is almost like, you know, talking with the friends and the family and like celebrating in like advance in right. the lead up to it. So like, I get that it's a celebration for both of them because they are becoming one, but it's almost like this night should all like be all about the bride because like I had no idea this was coming. So it is weird. Um, and I get like why here, like why they're calling it happy Monica night, just with the way that their personalities are, but it's just so interesting. So I'm like, it should be about both of them, but like it kind of feels like engagement parties or engagements in general are more about the bride. Yeah. Because like, when they walk through the door of an engagement party that the bride did not know was happening, all eyes are on the bride. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because she's the one that didn't know, got engaged, and then is sharing, and, and then is then able to, like, be in celebration with the people yeah. who maybe did or did not know. But it's like now everyone's in the know on this thing. Yeah, and so it feels exactly. very bride central, even though like to Chandler's point, he's like our day, <laughs> like yeah. our engagement. But I also think that they joked it about it being Monica's day because she did make such a stink about it um, in like a funny way that she couldn't. She's like, dang it, I can't get it right. And he's like, it's OK. <laughs> like, it can mm -hmm. be your day. Um, but that is such an interesting question because it, it definitely is a mutual engagement, but there is like this emphasis on the woman for sure. Yeah. So Chandler is playing video games across the hall. So we, we, we kind of back into Joey's from the hall and we leave the couple out there and Joey's playing video games, waiting for Joey to get dressed, to get to the hotel. And Joey comes out looking like an early 2000s thug. <laughs> Like, thug. Wannabe thug. Wannabe thug. And Chandler decides to ask Joey about his bedroom issue, which 
I think we've learned that maybe Joey's advice when asked isn't the best. Joey gives really great unprompted advice. Yes. There are times where we're like, man, Joey, you're amazing. Yeah. But then, like, when you ask him pointedly, it never goes well. Like, it's super unhelpful always, of course. So, yeah. Um, um, a couple things in this apartment. Yeah. The video game that Chandler is playing is Crash Team yes. Racing, which is part of the Crash Bandicoot oh, series. Crash Bandicoot, yes. Yes, love Crash Bandicoot. Um, love and that. the Magna Doodle, this is, you could kind of see it in the previous scene, but in this scene you can see like the full thing. And it was too blurry on my screen, so I literally wrote down, it's either a person, a giant bird, or Pokemon stepping on something or like attempting to step on something and when i googled it just to like see if i was correct or not it literally yeah. said a human girl that's all it said so yeah I'm, it looked kind of doll like it did it looked like cartoonish so that's why i was like is it a cartoon of some sort but it also had like the two like uh what are they called like buns on top of its head like it had like yep. its hair up in a weird way so I can get where they got like a girl but I don't know it was weird I just know that it was very obviously trying to step on something but I couldn't yeah. tell you what it was so that's the best I got. I was very very glad that you were taking it because I saw it and I was like glad I don't have to figure out what that is <laughs> Yeah, I like how I get all the really weird ones <laughs> I mean to be fair I did say like go kart speed racer yeah <laughs> in like the last episode um okay so monica is we're back over at the couple's apartment monica is forcing phoebe to hurry up because she's still trying to sort of get the song right in order um in order to be the one that gets to play at monica's wedding so in order to get phoebe to just uh, like go like go get ready she just agrees to letting her play it's sort of one of those things that you do in the moment just to get someone to do what they want. It's just a manipulation tactic. Um, when Joey is going to address that later, and we'll see that it plays like a really funny role later in the episode. Now, Monica is heading to Joey's to gather the rest of the group because she's like, where is everybody? Like, come on, let's go. When she opens the door to the past, apparently, and finds Rachel and Ross just making out in the hallway. Okay, Why? Why right outside her door in a public I place? I know. So dumb. I know. I think I think this next scene is very pivotal to all of the right points of disagreement in this episode. So, of course, Monica storms back into the apartment when the couple follows her. And she is so mad. She's like, I have been waiting my whole life to get engaged, and I only plan on doing that once, which is a pointed, like, jab to Ross. Monica won Ross zero on this on this battlefield. And they're about to talk her down by assuring her that they're not getting back together. No one saw what she sort of is in agreement with until Phoebe comes out to overhear the convo, and now she's brought in on, like, what does it mean? What does this mean? Now the guys come in and think they're talking about Chandler's issue, so Joey unknowingly shares Chandler's dirty laundry. And then they find out that it was a kiss, so now everyone knows everyone's business. Everyone has ruined it for Monica, and she doesn't want to go anymore. And honestly, I have to agree. 
Yeah, I think every bit of her reaction is completely justified all the way up to the point where she's like, you know what? I don't even want to go anymore and and like goes to bed. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think she is totally accurate when she says that they stole her thunder. And I also think like I just really felt like I wrote down like this conflict in the scene just like felt so real. Like the Mm -hmm. whole time I was watching it, I was like, I feel every emotion that like both parties are feeling right now and i yeah. it, it's valid and i think they did like a good job like you know portraying the accurate feelings like here through the rest of the episode i feel like just the different you know back and forth jabs that they have it was so i don't know i just it just felt real and i feel like that's yeah. not something that some tv shows get well and it was good and that's not even something we get all the time in friends either right There are times where there's conflict just for the sake of drama in the storyline so that people stay engaged. This is not one of those times. I don't think personally. Yeah, I would agree. I thought they weaved together the story of Rachel being sad at being single and her life not being where she wants. That, of course, she would go crawling back to an ex. Even under the guise of we didn't have our bonus night, you know, we didn't have that closure night or whatever she's trying to get at. And then it all falls apart when Monica finds out and Monica is very justified in being hurt about it because it was her night. It was totally her night. Rachel could have easily just told Ross to come back to her like bedroom after drinks at the right. at the plaza easily. And it would have wouldn't have even been a thing. No one would have had to find out. But outside the door is a, a risky game that sure. they lost. <laughs> um, and then I also wrote that, like, Phoebe's playing for Joey while still hanging out in the apartment while they're getting ready. Or they're, like, in bed. Did I get that out of order? I don't know why that's there. Um, I don't know. Because then we go over to Joey's. Because... Yes, yeah, so, okay, so Joey and Phoebe stay there. Um, Ross comes to find Rachel, who's obviously at Joey's, because that's where she's living right now, who's mulling over. Oh, right, because when Monica went into her bedroom, she said, I just don't want to see any of you right now, and I especially don't want to see you, right to Rachel's yeah. face. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's like, especially to like especially from you. Like, I don't want to hear anything, especially from you. And so Rachel's kind of mulling that over. And Ross, like, Ross comes in. He needs to just read the room. Because obviously Rachel is stewing on something. You can tell, like, her mind is going. But he wants to cash in on the kiss. And Rachel just can't let go the sentiment. And so she wants to talk to her. So we're going to jump ahead. Uh over back to the couple's apartment Monica and Chandler now are getting ready for bed in the room that now somehow doesn't have that wall divider I know <laughs> I was like what? It's, <laughs> it's just so convenient for them whenever they want to like include or not include it which to me is funny um, but Chandler throws out the idea of a Paris honeymoon uh, yes please to seduce Monica and when they are getting ready to go um, to get down Phoebe comes in to ask about the wedding deposit for her plane in order to secure the role because outside when he was when oh this was why because when she was playing for Joey Joey mentioned the idea that they might have said something just to kind of shut her up in the moment and now that has Phoebe wondering 
if they really meant it. So now she's going to take this opportunity to say, I want to deposit so that she can confirm the role that she's going to secure. Yeah. It's some of that, like their wedding. Some of that Joey wisdom that it was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. It, Cause he's a hundred percent right. Yeah. Um, so, of course, they kind of turn her down, and Phoebe laments to Joey about the situation, and they chat about her plane anyways. And they also talk about Joey putting tea under his eyes to get rid of the bags because of that audition he has. It was a very quick scene out back in the hallway mm-hmm. until we jump back into the bedroom, and there's another disrupting knock on the door, and both Rachel and Ross are at the door. And Why? The outfit Why Rachel Ross? was wearing was very, like... Very early two thousands, like it oh, was really? like green, green cargo capris, with like decals kind of on them, like butterfly jewel decals, and then Oof. a crop top, yeah. like tank top, high like high neckline tank top crop top that was yellow. So it was like that yellow and that like army green, and then the mm-hmm. like chunky flip flops. I was like, this is. This is early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Ouch. It hurts me to hear. Like, I I can picture it in my mind as you're describing it. But the funniest thing is, is, like, I could see, see like, Gen Z wearing that exact outfit right now. Oh, yeah. It's all all on the store shelves. It makes me cringe, but, like, they love it. so bad. They'll have to learn. They'll learn like we learned. It's okay. Exactly. (laughs) Um. I just don't understand why Ross had to be there. I don't know. Why did Ross have to follow Rachel back to... He's just kind of following them around the rest of the episode. I know. I think he's really trying to, like, stay close to Rachel to try and cash in on this whole uh, last night thing. Yeah. But anyways, so... Rachel wants an answer, and Monica gives it her to her. She's like, this is not the first time you've stolen my thunder. Sweet 16, third base with Charlie, the cousin. Um... Rachel, or Phoebe all of a sudden comes out singing just a manic song. <laughs> um, it was good. And the now the girls are just arguing. They are straight up arguing. Ross tries to sort of save his dignity really badly by saying that he's going to be the one to call it off. <laughs> Even though Rachel right before that said, it's not happening, Ross. Give it a rest. <laughs> um. And honestly, Monica calls Rachel straight up on the carpet about her feeling insecure about her not being married. And Rachel is so offended. And the only reason she's offended is because it's the truth. But she's so offended that she tells Ross that they are going to have sex. And he follows her very unashamedly over to the other apartment. Ross, wrong move as a big brother. I know he sort of is like scoffing at the idea that she would even throw that out there. And then he just hangs his head and you, you can see his, his resignation. He's not going to fight that very hard at all. (laughs) Yeah. Also technically Rachel was married first, but we really don't count it because she didn't know she was getting married. So in that theory of like, you're upset that, I got married. I'm getting married before you. It's like technically Rachel already got married once, but it doesn't count. Not only did she get married once, but she almost got married, which True. was the she was engaged. pivotal part of the first. Like you decided to leave. Yeah. And yes, obviously that doesn't negate the fact that you're still sad. But 
or it comes back to communication, which is like a, right. a resounding thing with this friend group. Like if you just communicated yeah. those feelings to Monica, yeah, instead of trying to steal yeah. her thunder by going after an ex-boyfriend because you're sad, yeah. And I think this is one of those classic situations where she wasn't being malicious and trying to right. actually steal the thunder. I just think that she had no EQ in this situation, did not stop to think for a second and a half that maybe her actions would negatively affect somebody else right. and therefore were in this situation. Yep. So we follow them into Joey's apartment, into Rachel's bedroom. And, of course, Ross follows her into the bedroom, and she tells him very quickly that it was just a ruse. They're not actually getting together because he actually thinks <laughs> that storming off that he idea. was going to get it. Yeah. He is – you're right. He is a lost puppy in this episode. Poor Ross. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know where to be. He has no significance in this episode at all except for the kiss, and then he's just a shadow the rest of the whole episode. So pretty soon we get Monica and Chandler. They knock on the door. They follow right after him. And Rachel reveals where she's at. She does have that moment of communication. What I didn't understand was Monica had just called her out by literally saying exactly what Rachel was experiencing. And then when she but when Rachel revealed what she was feeling she said it in a different way but it, they were essentially saying the same thing but it seemed like this weird revelation that oh I didn't I didn't know I, I don't you know I, oh I I'm so sorry I wish I knew it just it was this weird moment where I was I had to think this wasn't a shock Monica you just called her out for it it seemed like a really weird reconciliation. What Rachel should have yeah. said was, you were absolutely right. I am feeling all those things. I just thought my life would be somewhere else. I didn't mean to ruin your night. I operated out of fear of being single and sadness. And I, like, I apologize. As opposed to she revealed, I'm sad about, like, she said all the same things that Monica did. And it acted like, oh, honey, oh, come here. And I was like, no, Monica, you just called her out for that same thing. The apology should have been, you're right. That is how I'm feeling. And and I'm sorry for acting the way that I did with that. Yeah. I, I don't agree. know. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. I think it um, definitely should have gone that way because Monica did call her out on everything. And I mean, maybe in the moment in the apartment, like Rachel didn't want to deal with that in front of the entire friend group. So I can understand why maybe they didn't like... Oh yeah, it there. Totally. But then coming back across the hall, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. She said exactly what Monica did in a different way, um, and Monica acted as if she didn't know. And it's like, right. just called her out on this. So yeah, that is, a, it's interesting, and and it almost makes me wonder. Like, I mean, obviously Monica was still upset when she came back over to talk to her, but like, I don't know in maybe Chandler like talked her off a ledge before they walked over or something. I don't know, but you're right. I, it, yeah, it just didn't continuity wise. It felt clunky. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So they do make up. Um, and Ross takes off <laughs> because he's obviously no longer needed. Um, 
And that's pretty much the end of the main part of the episode. Do you have yeah. any facts to round it out? or I don't. There really wasn't a whole okay. lot other than things that we already kind of pointed out. Okay. So the end of the, the end of the episode then, in the tag, Phoebe is singing an annoying song outside of the bedroom. Chandler comes out and gives her a $1 deposit to sing at their wedding just to shut her up. He closes the door, but when she keeps singing, he flings open the door, just grabs the guitar and <laughs> brings it into the bedroom and just brings a conclusion to the night. And Phoebe says, I'll have to kick his butt later, essentially. Because yeah. <laughs> she had t- told Monica earlier in the episode, like, never touch my guitar again or I'll kick your yeah. butt. Don't touch it. So, okay, favorite scene? Um... I don't know that I really have a favorite scene because I like this entire episode was done between the two apartments in the hallway. Um, I know. It's a lot in such a small space. Yeah. I think just like the fact that they, because this is a group of friends, they didn't, because it's TV, they could have just like skirted past the whole like jealousy factor, but I'm glad that they approached it because I feel like, like that is a very real thing in friend groups, um, especially yeah. in friend groups of women that are a little older that are still single. Um, yeah. And I thought they did. I mean, obviously, with the things we talked about that were a little odd, but like, I think they did pretty good about it, like with it. Um, like you could feel the conflict between Rachel and Monica, and it was like a true argument between the two. And both of them had like valid reasons. They just weren't communicating it properly. At least Rachel wasn't communicating it properly. So... I don't yeah. know. I think just that, I guess that storyline, I really kind of enjoyed. No, I think that's really good because, I mean, we obviously say it's favorite scene. That's the segment or that's the question. <clears throat> but it is nice to have a an answer every once in a while where it was like, you know, I actually loved the entirety of the storyline. Like, yeah, continuity wise could have been better, but overall they did show something very real i think my favorite scene had to be it it's it comes right in line with that where monica storms back into the apartment they follow after her and she's just like so hurt but she communicates it really well but also funny you know like i'm only planning on doing that once um and then just doesn't want to go anymore i thought i just thought Courtney Cox did such a great job in the scene of communicating the hurt. I was right with her. I got brought right into it. I felt what she felt. I was with her. I was team Monica on this for sure. And I like a scene that can do that. So I'd have to say it was that scene. Um, Episode rating. Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven, seven, seven. Um, The continuity obviously was pretty terrible in multiple spots. Um, which I, I guess we can just blame on the time in which it was created. Um, but I think overall, like it was a good, like we had already mentioned, the conflict was good. Um, I think they stuck true to like how people would actually feel in situations like that. And yeah, I, I think I like the fact that um, Phoebe is losing that wig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. It's not as good to me as like the proposal, obviously, but I think for a follow up to the proposal, it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a 
how you doing plus a tag. I don't know if I quite want to give it a seven. Just I, I, maybe maybe it was just the lack of scenes or I guess more set scenes, sets, lack of sets. Just the fact that they were only between like the hallway and the two apartments. It just seemed kind of anticlimactic after an entire buildup of two episodes for an engagement and then for your yeah. season opener of a brand new season to be such like a small I don't know it just didn't just didn't wow yeah. me very much but um I mean I guess we can mention this here we did notice in looking at the release dates that they released two episodes on the same night so maybe so in context of only record like only reviewing this episode that makes sense but maybe with the two episodes I don't know. I don't recall what the next episode is like, but maybe with both of those on the same night, it was a better like season one opener or season seven opener. Yeah. Yeah. That is, although for TV, you only have people's attention for so long. True. And if they're bored, they'll click out of it regardless of whether there's a second episode. So you kind of want to grab their attention right at the beginning and keep them so that they'll stay for a second episode. Um, Maybe they're, I mean, back in the early 2000s, it wasn't like there was a million options like there are now of things that will, like, divide your attention. But still, um, yeah, it just felt just felt clunky to me. So, liked it. Still above medium. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, post-show wrap-up. Uh, no longer doing trivia. Thanks to all of you who <laughs> suffered through the past seasons with us as we tried to figure it out. But... Um, so we're going to go straight to social media spotlight and we have a question from Pete Piazza question. Uh, yeah. He said, I was thinking something. I noticed that Chandler and Monica had a real wedding. Phoebe and Mike had a real wedding, but Ross and Rachel didn't. They had a drunken Vegas thing that got annulled. Why do you think that is? I don't Oh, Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think, I wonder if like, because, and uh, once again, this is one of my main issues with what people take away from friends that Ross and Rachel were the main argument or whatever. I'm just wondering if like, because the pivotal, the most pivotal thing at the end of the series is I got off the plane they didn't really have time for a wedding. They kind of allowed they allowed the viewer to piece together the desired future that they wanted for the couple. It's alluded to that they get married in the future and have more kids. Um, yeah. whether that was by the show designer or show makers or whoever, but like that's kind of the canon assumed storyline. Yeah. That's but I good. just don't think they had time. Everything hindered on the final decision of her getting off the plane and coming back. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And like so. Yeah. I mean, they, they are the it couple for the entire series. If, if, I mean, obviously, like, we could care less. But, like, especially in that time, like, they were the couple that everybody wanted to be together. And... So maybe that was, like, in place of them actually having a wedding. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Another social media spotlight. We have a new friend. Um, new friend. And I'm, and I'm already sorry for the pronunciation. Um, but they said, um, hi, I'm Agastia. And I finished Friends last year. And I've been looking for a good Friends podcast since. And your podcast has been the perfect has been perfect. It's so fun. I've already listened to most of it in just three months. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Um, new friend on Instagram. We appreciate that. Um, and love this too. They already gave us an, a recommend to a friend. Brand new friend already gave us a recommend to a friend. So the next time we don't have one, we will use it. Thank you so much for sending it. We appreciate it. Um, okay. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> recommend to a friend, Llewellyn. Yes. Um, so I think we all know that I love music. So there I decided, why not? I was going to wait on this one until like the full album dropped. But I feel like I can recommend it, even though he's only released four songs. Um, there is a guy on social media, TikTok, probably. I don't have TikTok, um, but I see him on Instagram. Um, his name is Kian Ducrot. It looks like Ducrot, technically, if you're an English speaker, but it's Ducrot because it's French. Um, Irish French. It's weird. But uh, he is the guy on social media that has that song that he goes around with like a choir and has like random, oh, random yeah. moments on like an escalator where they'll just like burst out in song, like flash mob choir type thing. Um, so I had seen it, I've seen it for months, like him doing this one song called I'll Be Waiting all over the place. Um, and I love choir things. And when you have like a good sounding like harmony in a choir, it just like draws my attention. So every time it popped up, I would like watch him. So then my algorithm just got to the point where that's all I would see is like his music. Um, so then he started releasing other things. And so I finally just started following him and realized his album was coming out this year. Uh, and it's really good music. It's like, I, I the closest thing I can say it's like is like Ed Sheeran. If you like Ed Sheeran, you would like this guy. Um, and what I find really interesting about him is that most of the time, at least that I've noticed, like obviously I've, I don't know every artist in the world, but from the artists I've listened to that are not American um, and that have like a thick speaking accent, I usually can't hear it when they're singing. Like, it's really hard to hear an accent when you're singing, I feel like. But this guy, yeah. you can they hear... They usually do that on purpose, by the way. I know. But this guy, like, you can hear his Irish accent as he's singing. And it is the... To me, it's, like, the most beautiful sound ever um, in, like, all of his music. And a lot of his music is, like, a little bit more on the emotional side because they're about... Um, they're personal to him about like somebody he's lost and relationships he's lost and that type of thing so far. I don't know what the rest of the album's about, but um, they're just like such, it's such good music and it's, there's only four songs on his album so far. And I think the album drops in like two weeks. Um, it's called victory. It's on every platform. So if you're just looking for new music, um, he's been around for a while, but this is his first like actual album. His name it is, it might be out by the time this episode launches. Yeah, actually, it'll be it will be out by the time this episode launches. Um, now you know when we recorded this. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It'll be out around the beginning of August. It was supposed to be out in July, but due to you know stuff, they had to postpone it. So it's around the beginning of August. Um, Kian DeCrow, 
we'll put the name in the show notes so you have like the yeah. actual name but his victory album yeah. it's really good highly recommend yeah i usually link it to either their main website or their spotify link or something just so it takes them directly there um i'm gonna stay on brand with you and i'm also going to recommend music to a friend um one of my very best friends um, just released, his name's Ash Khan. He just released his uh, next album called Free Yourself. Uh, his band is called Lone Wild. I will also link it. He is, it's like a indie rock alternative, maybe. Um, indie rock alternative band. Yeah, I guess that's probably where... I would place it where he places it at least. I'm not very good at genres, so take that for what it is. Very cool, very boppy. Some of them, uh, he's just great. Lyrically, he's great. Musically, he's great. The production, he does his own producing. Sounds amazing. Um, Highly recommend that to a friend. His new um, album is already out with all of his songs that he's been slow dropping since, I think, the beginning of 2020, maybe. Um maybe even 2021 uh but yeah recommend it to a friend ashcon's amazing go listen (laughs) go listen to some new tunes thanks to us yeah um okay next week we are going to cover the one with rachel's book (laughs) and i cannot wait to talk about this one (laughs) all right we'll catch you guys next week on the one with friends podcast